My name's Richard. Hello, my name is Chris. And this is a We're Not Wizards special, I think. Um, hello, Chris. Hello, Richard. How are you keeping? I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm, I don't think... Uh, I feel kind of bad kind of going to have you kind of talking a lot because you've got a little bit of a froggy, croaky throat. Which I have isn't indeed. Good, which isn't good. But you, as we, as we said off camera... Off camera, off mic, <laughs> even <laughs> you can be, you can bring the sexiness to your the huskiness. The yeah. huskiness. <laughs> now, the title of the show tonight is going to be called "Staying In and Planning a Heist with Chris and Tim." And the reason, Tim, you may ask, well, we've asked um, Tim Fowers, and Tim is responsible for. Paperback. He's responsible for Fugitive. He's also responsible for one of Chris's favourite games, which is Burgle Brothers. So, good evening, Tim. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a delight to have you on. Um, now, the reason that we've asked Tim on tonight, as we said that last time we had Chris on, he had a enthused, I think, about Burgle Brothers, didn't you, Chris? You love I- it. I waxed lyrical over it um, um, because it's a, it's a pop- it's one of my favourite games, and it's also one of my partner's favourite games as well. It was when I first met her; it was one of the things that introduced her to the hobby was Burgle Brothers, and it is our, I keep it in her flat. It is her go-to game. Um, so it's yeah, it's 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 a fantastic. I feel very lucky to be sharing cyberspace. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm blushing over here. So <laughs> it's like you didn't realize that actually you weren't just stealing um, plans and money, but you were actually helping to steal hearts as well at the same time. <laughs> that's great. Uh, that's just the most cheesiest thing I could add. Um, more parmesan over here, please, waiter. Um, now, for everybody who's listening for the first time, first of all, thank you for joining us. Uh, the reason that we do this. It's quite simply because we wholeheartedly believe that there are quite simply not enough podcasts out there about board games. And the other reason that we do this is sometimes you get an opportunity to put somebody who likes a game next to somebody who creates a game. And I feel like I'm hosting Surprise Surprise tonight or something like that. Um, So what we like to do is um, we normally find out a little bit about history of how somebody got into the hobby, how they discovered tabletop board games and, and you know, have a little look back at the past, have a little kind of peek around in the present and then have a skedaddle off into the future. So, Tim, do you want to um, tell us a little bit about how you got into the hobby yourself? Uh, yeah, about 2000, about 10 years ago. 2006, I guess, Mm -hmm. 11 years ago. Um, uh, I was a programmer, and one of my coworkers and I kind of decided, uh, kind of two things happened at once. We decided we kind of wanted to start making some independent video games. And at the same time, uh, we discovered, like, the hobby board game area. And, you know, and I, I, you know... I think I, st- I think it was through Twilight Imperium, and then Twilight Imperium Third Edition was coming out, and through that I discovered Puerto Rico, and from there Settlers, and Power Grid, and 
and so I, I kind of decided at that point that I, I really, I, I was really amazed by Power Grid and like how elegant it was and what it was doing, and but but I didn't really see a, a viable path to making board games, but I really enjoyed video games as well. Mm-hmm. And so then there's kind of a lo- extended adventure where me and my friend went and started making independent uh, video games. We did that for several years. And through that process, I figured out how to design them. And uh, in 2011, I started a job with Amazon Game Studios as a designer. And I was there for a few years. Um, And at that point, well, to back up a little bit, towards the end of the doing independent video games, we had some extra time and I worked on a game called uh, Walkstar. And because my, my... my buddy was a programmer. He was busy working yeah. on stuff. And I'm like, I got some extra bandwidth. And I came up with Walkstar. <laughs> and uh, and it was really meant to be kind of a uh, a video game as a board game. So it was like Diner Dash. All these these kind of time yeah. management games were, were oh, really okay. big back then. And I wanted to make a translation of, of a time management game into a... Uh, in, into a, t- like a tabletop experience. And uh, we took it to Protospiel and kind of went through this whole... Back and forth with different publishers, and and so that that was going on kind of in the background. I got this job with Amazon, and then I'd been at Amazon for a year or so, and I started just you know uh, working on side projects with board games again. I kind of started that back up, came up with paperback, um, and 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 started to kind of move you know more seriously towards board games. But I was doing it all as, on the side, um, and then. Uh, paperback actually was 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 pretty you know it was a mild success but but enough mm. to fill my living room full of copies of it and check them out <laughs> and uh, and then Burgle came along as there there been a long a long beloved history of of me trying to design different video games in kind of a heist space um and there was a game that came along called Monaco that kind of led a lot of the air out of my tires. I was like, oh, this is such a good heist. <laughs> it's doing everything that I wanted to do uh, with, with with a heist game. And, and, and I kind of shelved it for a bit. Um, and then kind of all these forces kind of came together for Burgle. And it was like a little bit, I was I was doing a little bit of asymmetric, oh, no, sorry, a hybrid game design where I was doing an app and a board together. Yeah. And... And, and and then I realized that, that I wanted to do a heist theme, and so I started playing with the heist. I'm like, oh, we'll have the app control the guards. And then when I came up with the guard like waypoint system, I'm like, oh, I don't I don't need an app. It can just be a, a thing. But what's funny is when I was testing kind of these failed versions of my other games, uh, of these hybrid games, one of the pitches I went to people and said, hey, you, you come test my game. It's like Ocean's Eleven, the board game. And, and 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 people just lit up. They're like, "I want to play that game." And the the game that I had at the time was was not that. It was a bad game. Um, but it was it was not fun. It was you know. But the promise of that um, kind of drove through me into the rest of the process. I realized that that is something that people absolutely wanted. Like they wanted this heist experience. Um, and and there hasn't been something that had captured it in the right way. The really the sense of of being clever. And outwitting the guards and the puzzly elements to it, and and the drama of the plot twist of oh something we're going to get caught something's going to go wrong and 
and it was an it was an iterative process and i leaned on a lot of my friends at the, you know i learned with my earlier game designs to not try to be as independent and and kind of closed off and lone wolf as some designers do i tried to really just open up and and take the best ideas from from all from from playtesters and through a lot of my colleagues at amazon were fantastic designers um yeah. and and then it just kind of evolved. It started to get a momentum of its own, uh-huh. um, and then it just took a whole bunch of testing because it's a it's a roguelike game, and there's a lot of moving parts with different tile types. And to try to balance it so the experience is generally challenging but not too easy, not too hard, I had to lock in a lot of those tile types super early, and I kind of had to um, know what those were so that I could get enough games in that I could confidently say. You know, this is about the difficulty level of the game. Um, so really, within like two weeks, I had probably 90% of the game done. Um, like kind of locked in. It was a really kind of quick process. And then just a lot of a lot of playing from, from then on. That's just two weeks. That's absolutely... There's probably real heists that take... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have more planning than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's uh, it's a it's a honeymoon phase when you when you get into game design, you get you fall in love with an idea and it has yeah. a certain momentum behind it, and you really just have to follow it and you have to just dive in and just be like, you know, I'm really excited about it, and as often as you, as I can get it on the table and and bug my friends to play it again, um, I did that, and so you kind of just have to follow that momentum. Um, while, because it, I found that it, some designs, when I when they take a longer amount of time, it's kind of hard to remember why you were excited about it and remember all the details about it. And so, Fugitive was also very fast. Paperback was fast. Um, so most of the ones I have out now are were, were pretty quick uh, in in there to get to kind of the what is it the the last ten percent is the last ninety percent. So, you know, <laughs> yes. if you look if you look at the prototype, it's very familiar in, in all those games. Like it was very close in the first few versions, but then tons and tons of of testing and 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 and, and getting the, the tuning right and whatnot. Um, but it's just kind of how I manage my manage my creative demons is is you kind of just have to indulge them for a while. Did you? Um... Do you continue to play games at the moment? I mean, are you? I, it's one of these things. Is once you get close to the coal face, where does it? The balance between it being a hobby and it being a kind of a job that puts bread on the table. So, do you still kick back and relax with kind of tabletop and board games at the moment? Or um, is it I kind on of. The business? I kind of have to force myself to. Um, I do try mm. to play some of the newer games. I don't play as much as I'd like. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. Uh, for a long time, when it was my side, uh, my side, you know, hustle, uh, you know, it was, the situation was, it's like, well, uh, you know, because I've got kids, you know, it's like, well, well, Dad's gonna go to game night to mm. to go test this game, and so I got I got to leave, and this is this is you know this is important. That I need to do this, and so I would go to these game nights. And and I when I was there I was I was on the clock. I'm like, you know, if I'm uh, if I'm there, I'm testing, and if I'm not, then I should probably be back with my kids, right? And it's been really hard to to, to walk away from that instinct. So a lot of times I still go to these game media meetups, and there's a lot of great ones. I'm in Utah here in the U.S., and there's just a whole bunch of there's uh, Tasty Minstrels here, Mayday Games is here. 
Mm. And then there's a, a big game group. And it's still hard for me to not be like, hey, I got another prototype. Who wants to play? You know, like I'm kind of <laughs> always on the clock. Yeah. And sometimes I just won't bring one of my games so that it's not an option and just be like, I'm just going to play something and enjoy it. Um, but I've kind of gone through the process of leg- legitimizing my video game hobby and my board game hobby into into jobs. Uh, so, yeah, it changes. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a different it's a different thing. But I still enjoy games. I mean, yeah. and it's one of those things where luckily I enjoy the process of making a game. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I'd love to make games. And it's, it's different. You know, making games is different than playing games. It's re- rewarding. It's just it doesn't always translate. And so... Uh, when people are excited about getting into it, I'm just like, well, you know, try to make something and see if you really enjoy that part of it. Um, and if you don't, it's okay. It's just, you know, so I, I got lucky. Uh, yeah, obviously. That, <laughs> that was that was, that was it. <laughs> you just stepped up one day and you were covered in horseshoes and all different types of things and it was just pure, absolute luck. Um, I mean... Chris, I guess Chris is probably a good person to bring in at this point because he, as you say, he has professed a deep, a deep love, um, and you almost wonder if um, if his partner said it's me or Burgo Brothers. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> a long um, conversation. With. It's a but what is, I mean, yeah, I mean, what is um, it from the meta side of things, Chris? From the game, from your from your view, Chris, what is it that you kind of like about Burgo Brothers? And do you have any questions for Tim because he's you know. Um, I, yeah, I don't really want to put him on the spot too much, but I'm, I'm particularly... It was very interesting to me, um, Tim, you saying that um, the when you market, when you pitch the game to your friends saying, this is Ocean's Eleven in a box, and their eyes lit up, it, it's really interesting that I was just... actually I actually just typed into Google, heist board game, and Burger Brothers popped up. I really just... I felt there was a real paucity for this kind of genre in board gaming. And I don't know what it is about the concept, the idea of a heist, Um but and one of the things that Burger Brothers does so well is that there's it's an event. There's, a, there's this inherent kind of wonderful theatricality to it that I adore, whether it be the box itself resembling a tower block. And what I love in particular is how that that aesthetic is something that runs through your work like a stick of rock. This distinct and very exquisite aesthetic, you know, fugitive being the briefcase. And and when I play Burger Brothers with friends, it is it is an event. We put on like you know heist music. Um, we've got our characters. Um, we've got this wonderful, the wonderful app online, not the app that you've recently teased, but the oh, one uh, that, um, generates the, the yeah, different wall builder. And I think this is, there's this lovely care and attention that I like about Burger Brothers. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, a lot of the, the, the smaller details, a lot of these things I learned from independent video games. If you look at, like Braid and World of Goo and Fez and like these really well done, well crafted. I mean, I've been try striving to be kind of artisan and get all the details right um, type of thing because a lot of it is is just trying to create an entire experience, but also just uh, putting all the details in it because I have to rely entirely on word of mouth. Like, I mean it. I realize that you can't really brute force your way into this becoming a popular board game. It's entirely the proof is in the pudding. Uh, it's in you know everything that you have is just in the box, and you've got to make that saying for for people. 
So I try to make it, I try to pack a lot of value. So like, oh, I could play this other thing in the future with these other characters. And they can see the potential of it in the future. And then also the experience itself is like very consistent in what we tap into for that genre, both color and font and texture and try to try to really dig in. And it's not me. It's just, I mean, I have, I, I'm just kind of the vision holder. I'm just trying to say like, you know, like when I first took uh, the the concept over to Heiko, he, he this is a German guy, and 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 I'm like, I want to do like the '60s thing, and he pulled these things out of the '60s that I hadn't seen in forever, like the the halftone, you know, cover, you know, and and doing like the the mid-century modern architecture, and he first showed it to me. It's one of those things where like it, 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 because it's so different, it, it initially bounces off of you, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. And then you kind of chew on it, and then you kind of chew on it, and you're like, man, that, you know, it has a unique look, and it has a unique vision. And then I'm, and now I, I absolutely love, love it, like, you know. And and so, uh, and then my artist Ryan, we had already kind of established this kind of 60s cartoony style, and so it fed into the same same era. Um, and just, and then just, yeah, just trying to get all the, down to all the little details, and figuring out fun ways that, to reintegrate pieces of the theme into it. But I mean, the idea is that uh, I learned with Walkstar that a lot of this is if you get all the details right, you know, it can be a classic. It can be something that lasts a long time. Um, and and also, I try to really push away from both visually and, and mechanically from other games. I try. I probably overemphasize innovation. I try to be too different. But the, my business model lines up that if I'm innovative, it makes it worth finding me. And so I try to like. You know, for the I try to be the secret that you tell your friends because they don't know about it, um, and it's rewarding when they when they find about this gem. So I want to be the hidden gem. I don't really want to be in in a really big box store and and whatnot. I'm trying to try to have more of a direct uh, relationship with you know peop with with you know the fans. So well, well you're succeeding. I think you you are in, in the sense that it's a, it's a really nice feeling for me when I go into say a board game shop. Or I'm talking to people who are interested in board games, and once you've gone past the thing of okay, you played this, this, and this, the usuals. I mentioned Burger Brothers to explain it. Oh my word, I've not heard it. I want to play this game straight away. I can see them. Um, Richard, you did this in the last conversation we had. Actually, you start googling it, and yeah. and then you find there's this there's this kind of network of people that you meet who've played the games. Oh yes, oh, I'm, and they look. I'm so glad I found someone else who just gets how great this is. <laughs> the guy in my board game cafe across the road, him and him and his partner who run the cafe, they love Burger Brothers, and it's just it's it's wonderful to own something this rare gem that it, it isn't necessarily a part of somebody's board gaming collection. That not everyone's going to have it. It's lovely to be the person who ha does have that and to introduce that to someone else it's lovely to be yeah it, it, so i entirely rely on on that on the on that on that word of mouth and and part of me was just waiting right i found that these games most of my games like it's actually like 2 years later is when they really start to pick up and most people just aren't patient enough to wait uh for that kind of you know growth like it what is it i i say that board games are viral because people have to play them with somebody, right? And it's just they're not viral like, you know, a, a Facebook post or something. They're viral in, in on different time scale. Um, and so my, the bet that I made with paperback is I'm like, well, there's an audience I want to get to, but I'm going to wait to try to get there. Um, mm -hmm. And also it was an attempt to make a sustainable business because I'm like, 
I met people that were in the industry and, and there was so, and the margins were so bad and all these different places. I'm like, there has to be a way to make this viable, um, to, to sustain, to, to, to do this full time. Um, and, and everything was kind of pointing against that where they're like, well, you know, you try to just do really big numbers and then you take your little cut and I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do the slow and steady. And I, I think in the age of the internet, um, between Kickstarter really enabling the, you to, to have the funds to, to print the game and then the, just the nature of the internet for ideas to spread and then I, just warehousing and other, other things I, I have in the background um, have all allowed. So I'm kind of at, at this, again, lucky where all these things are making it possible and I'm just going to keep doing it. Now, the pressure on all this is like, you know, people, you know, make a good game and now I want to try to like do something different and, and people just kind of want more of the same <laughs> and creative mm-hmm. I'm, creative i'm like are they going to be okay if i make a, like a tactics game are they going to be okay if i do something really different and i think yeah. some will but i think certainly there'll be people that'll be like uh you know can we just have more burgle bros and i'm like yeah, they, so, want, they want oceans 12 and they want yeah oceans 13 exactly and so <laughs> exactly. i want to i now realize that that i kind of um, so that's probably why I've gotten people to help me is I've got Jeff Beck and like with paperback, uh, you know, I wanted, I knew people wanted more paperback and, and, and I'm just like, I don't know if I've got any like fresh ideas. And it's just like when you're so close to something for so long. And so I went over to Jeff, I'm just like, you know what, like, you know, I, I want to make a paperback expansion money. I need some fresh eyeballs on it. So I handed it over to him. And and he knocked it out of the park with with hardback. Like it's a fantastic game, and it'll give people more of of that you know kind of uh, that feel. And and on top of that, we're doing a paperback expansion because we kind of ended up making a you know it's a whole new game. And so I still, but I still wanted to do an extension to paperback. And so there's a lot of back and forth now on like you know what to do with 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 a burgle expansion. Is it just kind of more tiles and more you know, kind of like events and content or, you know, we've been talking about doing some kind of a campaign or a legacy thing. Yeah. Um, but we want to do it where it, cause there's, there's kind of e- easy ways to do it, but it, unless I feel like I have something genuinely interesting to add, I don't want to just kind of like phone it in. And I know some people just want more content and I get that, but for me to be excited about it, I feel like I have to have a new angle, to, something more to bring to the table. So we're, we're working on Burgle, but we're, we're totally open to, like, uh, if people have some fun ideas, I'm, I'm really collaborative if, if people, because some of the best, like a friend of mine, like the whole loot system, what's funny is there wasn't even loot in the game when we, and we finished <laughs> the Kickstarter, and I promised loot, and, I'd, and I had a whole different concept of what loot was, and he's like, well, what if it's, what if it's just like this stuff that you get out of the safes and it slows you down? And I'm like, that is perfect. And like it, it kind of came together. The problem is I shouldn't have printed the, the Persian cat. That was a bad idea. Um, but yeah, it was just I was such about a to mention the Persian cat. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it was so cute and funny that I couldn't resist yeah. it. But it was like, it was the most problematic. Like try to fit an explanation on a card for this thing. It was, you know, <laughs> so it it's, goes. It's, it's hilarious. My my friend Sam, his uh, he loves Burger Brothers. His nickname for Burger Brothers is "You don't know what you're robbing till you're robbing." And this, it's, uh, even when you when you flip open the safe card, it, you, you you're you are pulling out a game changer. The rules are changing with each floor. It, it's it's fantastic. It's lovely that. I mean, I mean, there's tons of replayability with this, which I I think keeps bringing me back bringing it back to the table for me as well. 
And I, I, I completely uh, commend and applaud you for this idea that, going back to what you were saying before, the idea that if something new was coming to Burger Brothers, it would be something that, again, uh, it, it, it lights that, se- that same spark you have when you first had the idea for it. It wouldn't just be putting a fourth floor on the building or adding, I don't know, um, just additional tiles, really. There's, yeah. there's got to be something for you to find that personal engagement because what you're doing is an incredibly difficult job. I... I I don't own any other games by anyone else who both designs and essentially sells the games as well. I mean, that is a very, very big task. Um, yeah. And, and, and that, that's something I really wanted to ask to you, really, is in terms of uh, how you managed to juggle that, really, as the designer and the distributor of your game. Well, a lot of it is just there's... you got to eat your vegetables. Like, there's a lot of parts of any job that just are like, well, you know, you got to just buckle down and do it and um and and there are some rewards like doing customer service is nice because it's a way that i can like have some direct interaction with you know people that bought it um but i mean a lot of people i don't know there's a lot of kind of i've seen senior designers people that are older designers kind of scare people away from self-publishing they'll be like hey well you know well what do you want to do you know do you want to do you want to worry about all the shipping and manufacturing stuff or do you want to design games? So you should just be a designer, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> well, there's like a handful of designers that can actually live off of pure design. You know, you're, you're Eric Lang and you're whatnot. Um, but, you know, so, so for most of us, the options are A, have a day job and design on the side uh, or B, have a day job and do all the self-publishing the rest of the time, you know, all the publishing, manufacturing and shipping and whatnot. So it's like, I'll do that instead of a day job. You know, like it's just, <laughs> I got to do one of them. Um, and it's, it's fine. I've, I've been trying to just grow conservatively and there's a lot of, there's a lot of automated stuff. Um, when it comes to manufacturing, isn't that scary. Uh, I've certainly had some people lead the way for me and, and put me in contact with manufacturers and whatnot. And then on the shipping end, uh, you know, I've had successes and failures there, but for the most part, it's been relatively smooth. Um, and there isn't perfect solutions because I'm not Amazon. Um, but for the most part, I have warehouses in UK, Germany, Australia, China, and US. And, and that's all. Ship Naked's actually helped me put all that together. Yeah. And it, just because I wanted to get the turnaround time and the shipping cost down to those places, if I'm going to sell direct, I have to kind of solve that problem. Um, but, but I don't know. I just, to me, it's just like it's just what you got to do. You got to pay your taxes and you got to ship your games. Like it's just, you know. So I wanted I wanted to ask you a question about um, just Kickstarter quickly, because you've mentioned you've it's like two years before you're really seeing the kind of the games take off. Do you think there's like a a push for Kickstarter to like almost be like a magnesium flare burn very very brightly before? kind of disappearing for a long a long time uh yeah i mean kickstarter is interesting because uh there's a psychological thing where people overestimate how happy something is going to make them Mm -hmm. uh and that's what why they can get behind the vision of a game and they can get excited but really they're just buying into the the fantasy of that game and the potential of that game and they and they just want to help a guy out they want to help you know sponsor this guy to make his make his dream um and but yeah it's 
there's there's two phases. There's when you kickstart it and then when you deliver. And so for me, like getting people on board with the idea is one thing, but then actually delivering a quality game is the real proof in the pudding. So I'll ship, you know, the big the big push of like Fugitive went out and then I would sit there and I'd like watch for BGG reviews and just commentary on like people actually like it. Did I screw something up? And there's kind of like this second phase where you start to you're watching the outcome um, of the game, and then and then there's the kind of the, the slow build at that point where you know y- you just kind of let it spread, and, and people are going to play it with other people, and then eventually different press th- people will latch onto it, and that'll be a, kind of a burst of sales. Um, and it's you know so it, yeah, it's, there's an up and down. I was even doing a whole thing where I would I wouldn't always be in stock. Because I didn't want to overprint, and so I would kind of like let it run out, and then mm-hmm. I'd be out of print for three or four months, and then I'd be back in. And it turns out that that cadence actually helped it be perceived as, as more valuable. So when it was in stock, people would act on it more. Um, now I try not to get out of stock anymore. I've, I've printed enough that um, I'm hopefully not going to be out of stock of it on a game in the near future, but it might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's just kind of a a model there but at the same time i don't worry too much about being like out of stock i'm just like well you know if it's if it's valuable it's it's one of those things where i don't feel like if i feel like if i make a unique thing i don't have as much like competition right I'm, I'm not competing for shelf space i'm not competing for you know these other things it's like if people have to wait a couple months to get something that's different then then they'll then they're okay waiting you know like it's it's it, there just because there's not a an easy substitute for it. Yeah, well, I think Kickstarter has kind of helped that. I mean, if you're a board gamer and somebody says you're not getting a game for two months, and you'd be like, well, you know, it's six months quicker than some Kickstarters. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and at least at least you're not asking me to kind of pay everything up front. Um, yeah. No, Kickstarter but, is really a magic bullet. Like, you get to immediately build a... You get to test an idea. You get a market test an idea for really not a lot of overheads. Even a failed Kickstarter, you've got to find out if, you know, it, it was a good idea in the first place without losing a lot. Before, you'd you'd have to take the risk of printing a mass, do a massive print run of a game, and then you, you have a garage full of shame for the next five years of extra copies of the game that didn't sell. But now mm. it's just like, well, you can gauge exactly who likes this, you can connect, you can build a community around it, and then... The second Kickstarter is usually where you start to get a, a really kind of a big expansion. I, I've seen a lot of people on their second Kickstarter, now that people know that you can deliver and they know that you can trust you and they like what you did before, the second one is really where you st- see the growth um, just because of, of the kind of uh, reputation economy of the, of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, but also at the same time, I've, I've also seen successful Kickstarters that haven't been able to reprint because they've not estimated the costs properly and ended up almost like a disadvantage. I mean, um, Isaac um, Childress, when he did Gloomhaven, and everyone's like saying, man, reprint this game. And he's like, I'd love to, but I don't have the capital to do it. It's sold out. And you're just like... And then when he did do it again, he's like... this is the thing, it's like the burning bright thing there'll be a lot of people that'll own Kickstarters that'll never ever hit a retail kind of shelf because they're 
they've done their copies, they've fulfilled their two or three thousand Kickstarter. And you might see it later on in a board game sale, and it'll be second hand maybe. But I think it's, re- you know, a lot of the time you maybe not see it in retail unless it's like a see a seam on a cool mini or not game. Um, I, yeah. I, you know, I, <clears throat> but, you know, I think that's the next phase, I think, of Kickstarter is burning bright and then keeping it going and having the tail that you that you seem to have which um i mean you uh, yeah yeah i mean i've yeah i've had friends that that haven't ha- had the ongoing kind of growth and mm. and i don't know i i for me it's less i always kind of for a long time i was i would always treat each print run like it's the last one i was just like well i don't want to print too many let's do a conservative number so i'd go from like a couple, you know, two thousand to three thousand was my second print run, and then I think I maybe went to five thousand, and then I finally went to ten thousand with with paperback. I think so. I kind of each game, I I because you don't know when it's going to taper off. Um, I've tried to like at least be conservative, but but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I kind of want to live in a world where there's everyone's kind of direct sales, and and all the people love board games. You know, they go there and buy them from the people that they like, and it's just kind of this. Um, you know, farmer's market of board games. It's like, I'd love to see that more. Um, but I, I realize it doesn't work for everybody. Like, if you need a competitive game that needs, uh, like, a tournament scene, uh, well, you probably need to work with stores, which means you probably need to work through distribution and, and kind of through those channels. Uh, I mean, my, I'm, I'm fortunate that, uh, that, that young couples or, or just connected couples tend to really like what I make. Um, the, 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 and, and, the, they tend to be online, and so uh, I, you know, again, I got lucky that that that's who, you know, the people that have found me can direct sales can work for. Um, so again, I, I don't, I, I just, I can no longer like recommend, you know, everyone jump off the cliff and do exactly what I'm doing. Um, no. But at the same time, I would like to encourage other people. So I've been trying to, you know, help direct to other projects and help try to you know, raise the, raise the, the ocean. So, you know, whatever, raise the sea lifts all boats, whatever that metaphor is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Chris metaphors. Oh my gosh. Quick. Uh, save us. Uh, raise the sea or yeah, like, something like, like that. Moses. Chucking a life. Uh, <laughs> um, push the sea apart. Let's just, you know, just keep, let's just yeah, blue so, sky think on this. <laughs> so, you know, for now it's just like, I'm, I'm just going to keep keep trucking, you know, and uh, and just see if people like the new stuff. And at the same time, just not trying to to put stuff out to put stuff out. Like make sure that I have a that I, I'm I'm proud of what I'm putting out. Mm-hmm. And I have to really be okay playing it for you know 500 more times because I'm going to be at conventions playing it and and whatnot. So I I have to you know really like the the game itself. Uh, before exactly. I commit to it, <laughs> you don't yeah. want somebody say, coming up to you and saying, "Well, can you show me how um, Fugitive works?" You don't want to play Catan, yeah. do you? <laughs> By any chance, yeah. instead. Um, but I see that Jamie Stegmaier has latest effort, Charterstone. That's going to be going direct to retail, as opposed to Kickstarter. So, I mean, maybe yeah, this is the start of more people I'm, kind of doing the I'm direct not, sales stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm seeing a lot of these guys that have 
they feel like they're kind of graduating from Kickstarter. But then you see like like TMG, you know, swore it off, and now they're back. They're going to do yeah. next week. They're going to do Crusaders. So I would not be surprised if we see J- Jamie Stegmeyer back on a Kickstarter. Um, but who knows, right? Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to stick with it. It's like uh, if I need to change my business model, uh, I'm fine doing it. But until it, you know, until it's you know, until I get really diminishing returns with it, I don't think I'll pivot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, are you? Do you have kind of like another kind of twenty ideas that are sitting in a in a folder somewhere that you're wanting to put out next, or have you kind of put the brakes on stuff? You know, what's um, I try not to brainstorm too much because mm. you find that you fall in love with the new idea and then working on the old idea gets harder. So, um, but I still do. I, 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 truth be told, I think I have uh, 10 active projects right now it, it, in some stage. We've got, I've got uh, two Jeffs that work with me, Jeff Beck and Jeff Krause. Yeah. And uh, one's helping me with board games. One's helping me with apps. A lot of the apps being translations of board games, but also some some new stuff. Um, I mean, I've been dabbling in a little bit of uh, VR. Um, and these are all different speeds. And and sometimes they're with different partners on different things. But uh, then they're going to kind of bear fruit at different times. I try to have the long game now, where it's just uh, tr- be patient and. And uh, work on things in the right time. Like right now, I'm spinning up for a Kickstarter for uh, Na- Now Boarding, uh, which is a uh, a real time cooperative game, uh, which is pick up and deliver uh, on crack. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, you're delivering a whole bunch on. of passengers but... <laughs> in in relatively few amount of, of rounds, and uh, and it's possible. Like, but you have to kind of think really tactically and, and work together and, and whatnot. And uh, it's actually one of my longer projects. I've wrestled with this uh, for, for several years. Mm. And uh, it, it actually was going to be out last year. And then the new Fugitive came along, and that was the, that came around really quickly. And I'm like, ah, I'll do now boarding later. So now boarding, I'm really happy with where it's out. And I, I'm just I'm going to get it out. Uh, hopefully later this summer I'll, I'll have a Kickstarter going. And I'm also just trying to do things a little bit faster now that I've got help um, trying to do more than one Kickstarter a year. Uh, so, um, but then beyond that, uh, we've got, we've got some fun stuff cooking. Like I've got a tactics game or, or two <laughs> that I'm working on and <laughs> um, I have a, and then, you know, burgle stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I, I try not to look, more than a couple months in the future, uh, just so that I can kind of go with, um, with, you know, what's what's bearing fruit at the time, and and if an idea is really clicking, and if if I get stuck on a design, I kind of just back burner it and and let it simmer until maybe later on I come up with a mechanic that fits with it, or and sometimes I'll pull it out with friends, and a friend will be like, oh, why don't you just you why don't you do it this way? I'm like, oh yeah, I totally <laughs> didn't think of that, so. What's um, going back to now? Boarding is it a card game? Is it worker placement? What how um, work? Everyone, uh, I can give you the quick rundown because yeah, I'm gonna be, be good. I'm gonna yeah, be put, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess I'm going to be yeah. putting together a video for it here pretty quickly. Uh, basically, everyone has a little plane, hmm. and it's got somebody it has so many seats and has so much speed, and 
uh, every round, more passengers are spawning in different cities and they want to go to other cities. And the kind of the twist of the whole thing is uh, you start a timer and everyone takes their turn at the same time. Uh, and so everyone mm. is moving their plane around and picking up and dropping off passengers in different airports. And if you get to their destination, the passenger turns into money. And so then between rounds, when it's not timed, you can you can buy more seats and you can make your plane faster and you can, you know. And then there's kind of some specialization where certain players only have access to certain routes. Uh, so so everyone's kind of got their, their shortcuts on the map. Um, and so you have to coordinate. You're like, oh, you stay over there and you bring the passenger here and drop him off and I'll pick him up. And sometimes you can even pull that off in a single turn where you're like, okay, uh, hurry. In the first 10 seconds, you do your move and drop off the guy here and then... And then, and then I'll pick them up, and I'll take them the rest of the way, and all in the same like turn, right? Um, and that's really the core of it. Like, it's a really kind of a simple game. It's just where the passengers are going and the different ways to kind of triage, because the passengers are getting angry as they wait, and if they get too mm -hmm. angry, then you can lose if you get too many c complaints. Um, but a lot of it is just the different ways of solving the problem of like, okay, no, we're, don't worry about that guy. Worry about this guy. I'll get him later. <laughs> and, you're, and you're doing this whole like triage of, of customer uh, of these, of these passengers. And, uh, that's kind of the core of it is it, it creates kind of a dynamic, like crunchy, not to unravel. Um, and it's, it's working. And most of it was just trying to figure out how to get, uh, a good two-player experience, and and so right now it's two to five. Yeah, um, and it's one of those things like I don't even know this this could exist digitally. It's it's such a the real time is is such a big part of it that I don't know if we would do a translation of it, but we'll see. As I look at my programmer, <laughs> and he's looking at me with you know, it's just like what are you telling these guys now? This better not be something that's going out in public. You better not be committing me to actually making another game. I think so, Chris, Chris, I think Peter might like that game. That sounds. I think you like that. I think it's a potentially and, and, a Peter game. And and also my also my partner again, who works for customer support for an airline. Um, oh boy! So yeah, she she's gonna be thrilled a bit when I tell her that you're working on this well, as well. So it's actually based on uh, the first video game I made, uh, which is called Nowboarding. If you go to nowboarding.us, you can go yeah. try the digital version. And so, for a long time, I've been trying to figure out a way to kind of translate that back into uh, a physical game and. Uh, I think we finally got there. So that's that's kind of we're kind of all systems are go. We're gonna, we're getting that uh, ready for Kickstarter and uh, hope people like it. Do you have um, a take? Have you decided on things like prices and stuff like that for the game? Is it going to be in? No, uh, no, I haven't done quotes yet. I've just barely kind of nailed down the components. Um, so there'll be a lot of that in the next you know month or so. I'm going to be doing a lot of quotes and getting the video ready and answering all those questions. Fantastic. Not looking okay. for an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but um, obviously now you, you you know there's been um, there was a, a the delightful announcement of um, Burgle Brothers going digital um, which is uh, surprise. I mean was that when you, when you first got that working when you, when you were playing it was it did it get the excitement up again for the original game? Or was it brilliant to actually see something kind of live and working? Well, it was... Um, the, the funny story there is uh, uh, Jeff approached me a year ago as just a fan of the game. He's like, hey, I made this digital version so I could play with my friends. And 
I could bring him on if you want to. He's over here. He's, is he? Uh, he he's, he's waving me away. All right. So he, he came to me and he's like, hey, I made this digital version so I could play with my friends. I'm like, that's cool. How about we make it an app? <laughs> and awesome. it's been a year because it turns out that each game you kind of have to fiddle with the interface. And Burgle is not an easy one. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to interact with it. And we had to try and throw away several different UIs. This happened with Paperback as well. Uh, he's currently fiddling with the Fugitive AI or with the Fugitive interface right now. And, you know, we kind of have to fiddle with it until we feel like there's something that is understandable and easy to use. And 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 it's not just like you can you can just cut and paste a board game in digitally. It takes... You have to play to what it what the player needs to know and when they need to know it and you know and and how to how to teach them like Burgle was very functional but then we're like crap we got to get a tutorial for people that have never played it yeah. and I'm still not sh- totally confident that we can do that really well but we have a we have like a, a help system that kind of leads them through their first game and we'll we'll see how that does um, so uh, yeah so right now I'm just, we're just testing that out, trying to get in front of people that have never played and just seeing if they have any idea what's going on in the game. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, oh, sorry. And Tim, would that be multiplayer as in online or would that be a pass and play kind of um, game? We decided with... Um, uh, so far, I'm, I'm trying to approach all my games as a hot seat slash AI player game first okay. uh, and, then, and then build into online. Uh, starting with okay. online... Uh, is problematic. Um, yeah. And so uh, if there's demand, so we're going to go and launch, just like Paperback, we're going to launch Hot Seat, you know, and single player. And then if there's demand for async, we'll do it. I, I think a lot of the co-ops have not done async. Uh, it's more competitive games people like async for. But again, you know, listen to the audience. So Cool. Well, it looks fantastic. The screenshot looks brilliant. It looks so because it must be really tricky to kind of plot the guard's movement as well as the actual player movement as well. But that looks really nice. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I think Richard's going to try it. I don't, I, don't, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if you can, uh, but I think he's he's already actually got a, a build of it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of... Because you were late today, Chris... Um, oh, no. Tim kind of um, said, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link and... and and I had to calm Tim down. I mean, Tim was, you know, he's calm now, but it took 10 minutes to calm him down because he was like, I'm going. If he can't turn oh, up for the show on time. I do. Oh, no. And well, then he that's... sent, you see, if you look in the Skype messages now, you'll see there's two messages that have been deleted. And that was. Yes, the... I saw that. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. That was it. My window. That was oh, it. Well. I'm sorry. You, li- you live and you learn. It's okay. Tim, Tim, if you just breathe again, you can. I can hear him, the rage rising over the <laughs> Yeah. Just, <laughs> the, the red mist has descended. <laughs> yeah. He's going to end up um, the angry one in the, in the kind of the, the heist movie, um, which would be good. What I think what might be good though is you've thrown about a couple of names of some other games that you've done. Do you want to maybe just spend a couple of minutes, you know, talking a little bit about Paperback, talking a little bit about Fugitive? Because I think people, you know, they're going to check Burgle Brothers and people will probably know Burgle Brothers anyway. But do you want to just, you know, give us a little bit of a background on those as well? Oh sure. The art, the art style is phenomenal. I am I'm a bit of a drawer. 
but I was just I'm just gonna hang up my pens because the stuff in that is just, I like I like the clean lines I like the crispness I love the colours I love the style it's you know it's it's a nice little game but for anybody else that hasn't heard of your other work or sampled your <coughs> other work um, do you want to give us a little bit of a rundown? Yeah 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 so uh, the elevator pitch for each of those so so paperback is a Scrabble Dominion where you write romance novels. And uh, it, it, yeah, usually it takes people to get those three things <laughs> in their head at the same time. Um, are it there usually any, puts a smile on their orcs? face out of just pure confusion. <laughs> um, but uh, that was my, that was kind of my, f- I mean, I did, I, well, Walkstar is out of print. Uh, we're looking at uh, maybe doing something with it, but yeah. no, nothing, nothing formal yet. Um, but paperback, uh, it, it's very much structured around Dominion, and um, but it has these twists where there's like a common vowel everyone can use, and there's double mm. letter cards, and you're working towards these uh, victory cards similar to Dominion, but they're also wilds, and so they don't jam up your deck in the same way. Um, and people really enjoyed it. It, it, it's, it turned out to be a really accessible word game and a really accessible deck builder, and really kind of bridge the gap into kind of a wider audience uh, beyond kind of the gamer, you know, group. And then uh, uh, Fugitive uh, was my game last year. It is a cat and mouse game of deduction. So one person is the fugitive. He's trying to get out of town. And the marshal is trying to hunt him down and catch him before he gets out of town. And it's a, it's a catch me if you can as a board game. And it's uh, just it's just uses a set of you can actually play it with just any numbered cards uh, like six Nimit and there's some other games that you can just and I wanted to make something really clean because I really like games like uh, No Thanks where is or the game uh, those are some of the inspirations where it's just like here's just number numbered cards um, but can you make a fun mechanic around those and um, but then we just kind of went overboard with fugitive and we decided well since you know we know that he's starting at zero and he's going to 42 as his exit how about we tell a story and so we built a storyboard it's basically like a graphic novel um across the 42 cards which was total overkill but again i'm doing the artisan thing i'm trying to make it be a, a kind of a rewarding unique experience and really happy how it turned out um so uh, so Fugitive is just two-player, but we, a lot of people like to play in teams, especially on the on the Marshall side where you're trying to deduce. Um, and and then we just finished the Kickstarter for Hardback, which is a new twist on the kind of Scrabble deck builder equation. It now is more like a Scrabble Star Realms, um, but it has its own thing going on with this whole uh, push-your-luck system where in any other... Uh, deck builder more cards is always better right you always you know if you've got plus cards it's always good in a deck builder well in in this one you can get more cards but those new cards like if you use an ink and you say i'm going to push my luck and you flip over another card and you put the ink on it well now you have to use that letter that you drew and you can and you can be like okay okay i can work with that and then you can decide to do it again you know, like, okay, and you draw another card. <laughs> and and maybe that's, it's now a, like a cue or something. And you just, uh, you know, sometimes you get to a point you can't even make a word. Um, but it really puts this individual tension around each turn. And we really like what, what that added to the whole kind of uh, deck building. And we're, we're excited about it. So we're, we're finishing up the files for that. It's going to go to print and it's going to be shipping in October. Um, 
along with a paperback expansion, a stand. No, it's not standalone, but it's a, a like a. What are we up to? 105 cards. It was going to be 80, and now it's not. We kept adding stuff. So and <laughs> it's just but we're really more of a... <laughs> we're, we're, we're really happy about it because it does a, it, it basically helped us define how are the two games different? Like yeah. what can we do better that is uniquely paperback versus versus hardback? Um, and and we just had some some stuff in the, like the last couple of weeks that we're like this is excited this is exciting the the, the tease is we've uh, made an alternate set of starting vowels. I'm not starting vowels. Starting uh, wilds. Uh, for so, so now those five wilds you start with uh, are a lot more interesting uh, in 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 paperback. So, uh, those are kind of the active things. Uh, so yeah, Burgle and then the Burgle app is super close. We're just trying to get it uh, approved by Apple and see if we can maybe get featured and get it out. Um, and then uh, paperback app is getting async. Uh, very very shortly, right. and that that is a lot yeah. of fun uh, to play async. So, so is Sorry, that, that's, is that, that's all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> is that going to be your plan, kind of going forward? Is it, is it kind of like if you're going to be putting more stuff out there, there's also going to be the the kind of the the app side of things to go along. As long as it makes sense, and and yeah. uh, I mean, like some some games won't translate, um, or you know, or if it just turns out that it ends up not being worth. Uh, you know the time we put into it, uh, mm. then, then we'd, we'd probably back off. Uh, but we'll see. You know, for now, that's the plan. Okay. And you mentioned Star. Um, you mentioned Star Realms. <laughs> have you yeah, played, yeah. Have you played Star Realms? Oh me? The, yeah. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's great stuff. I mean, I played a ton of Ascension digitally, uh-huh. and so uh, hardback follows more that vein of like here's some different color. Like if you can get these different. Uh, color matching like combos like mm-hmm. if you get another yellow then the like, yellows will do extra things and it, it kind of follows that equation it's more like I want to say modern deck builder because like if you say Dominion is the classic deck builder um, you know so that's kind of the, the paperback and hardback differenti- <laughs> differentiator No I got introduced to Storm Realms by Chris and Sam and Peter quite recently through the Staying In podcast and I've probably been playing each of them at least once over the last kind of week now. And uh, following up, Pete did kind of, no, Sam did kind of kick me to the wall. So I like the idea of being able to play a board game and then also almost learn more about the board game and the meta when I'm playing it through the app as well. Um, I mean, it's the attractiveness of having a Burgle Brothers I guess having the Burgle Brothers app is it'll help me to learn probably some of the intricacies of the meta of the game that I could maybe take into the real game when I'm playing someone else as well. So that's that's kind of very exciting to me. Yeah, I, yeah. there is a there's a poker element of like okay, I know where the guard has gone and where he hasn't, and I know what what the events are, and I kind of know what the loot loot are, and yeah, yeah. So you kind of know you know as they say. You know, know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that song. <laughs> it smacks. It smacks also a lot of Metal Gear Solid. It makes me. That's what really, really appealed to me as well. The, 
the kind of there's a kind of a stealth action genre, but unlike uh, other hidden movement games, for example, the hidden movement is entirely done by the the actual game itself, as opposed to another player around the table, which I think is just delicious, really. Oh. Um, Tim, have you been? You talked about it very briefly at the beginning, but is there a possibility of a merging of the two? Because there are, there are obviously lots of games out there which have an app accompanying them. I could easily envisage, say, a, um, I think you put it up on the board game geek. I think it was just there was somebody said, "Oh, I, I'd love there to be like a legacy version of this game." And I, I mean, I could easily imagine like taking the original Burger Brothers as it is and adding some kind of an app campaign accompanying that. I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kidding. We're actually working on that. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we have we have the concept of of, of a companion app. Um, and we have some fun ways, uh, but we, you know, we're not going to promise anything yet. I don't want to tell. No, no, no. I can, I can understand that. But I think there's this lovely wry kind of tongue-in-cheek nature to Burger Brothers, and um, and it also it comes from Susfetti, but it's also just from the mechanics. There's this kind of wink and nod. And I think it's there's something quite inherently lovely and playful. And I can easily see that being kind of emboldened by the inclusion of an app. Um, with yeah, it. yeah, well, yeah. So. We we have a we have some things we've done, some things we're trying, and we're certainly open to to more ideas. Uh, we've been we've been looking at uh, and also just how people react to it. If it's just like because some people really don't like the concept of of something being dependent on an app, so we've discussed it being uh, having the expansion being separate from an app uh, or optional in the app or required in the app. Uh, mm. So we will see. I've seen it expand the game though because I know that um, Descent introduced a companion app and it allowed basically rather than somebody having to play the Dungeon Lord, you could both play the Adventurers instead, and the game would the app help the kind of the game run itself. And I guess would it allow you to? Would you be would with Burgo Brothers? I guess would you be able to tinker by adding kind of additional stuff through the app to see how it works and seeing how it's kind of taken and then good ideas you can maybe th- it helps you to maybe plan an expansion for the actual physical yeah, game yeah there's certainly uh, for some of like the like tile types and whatnot hmm. um, it may be easier to test digitally than physically hmm. um, now that we have the the framework uh, so yeah yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, what fits there and also just what can the app do to save you time what can the app do that kind of uh, lets you uh, go beyond kind of the normal like layouts, you know, because if you think about it, the guards are kind of locked into uh, relatively standard like patrol patterns. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas digitally you could kind of have any shape of a floor as long as you've got something to tell you where the guard's going to go next. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we will see. I uh, yeah. I, I want to yeah, again. I want to make sure I'm bringing something new to it and, and that we get it right. But that's uh, that's the space that we're we're, we're fiddling with. Mm-hmm. And 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 kind of I guess um, on final kind of thoughts. You mentioned obviously you've got kids. The the games that you're you're making. Do you do you think about? Do you play games with them? Do they play? Things like Fugitive, do they play Burgle Brothers with you? You know, are they, do they, you know, now boarding, things like that? Do you, are you consciously... Um, they are getting old enough now that they can. I mean, a lot yeah. of my stuff was a little old for them, uh-huh. um, but they're at the age now where 
they are learning the games. I've played Burgle with them. I did play an early Fugitive with them. Uh-huh. Uh, it bounced off them a little bit, but yeah. they're 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 certainly getting there, and they're they they are coming to Essen with me. So I'm taking the family oh, okay. to Essen, uh, and hopefully they help. I don't know. They might just disappear because they're such. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're such conrads. They're just they'll be, they they end up demoing at other people's booths. Oh, they'll wow. go find some other game that they like and they'll hang out yeah. there all day, and they'll <laughs> they'll pull people in and they'll demo. And so they've got <clears> the genes for it, but Dad's games just aren't as exciting uh, as whatever no. this other game is. That's so that's just yeah, that's just so true, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I um I broke out um Mice and Mystics. Which is Plaid Hat Games, a little kind of mice yeah. miniature, like a Hero Quest, you know, if you remember Hero Quest. But I played it with my four year old um, over the weekend there and house ruled it into the ground, obviously, to make it an enjoyable experience. But he he completely loves it and now looks on games like Frustration and Four in a Row with complete disdain, which is. <laughs> Which is always, which is always. You've a, ruined him. You've ruined him. I've not because look, I've got an entire shelf which is full of these <laughs> bad boys. So we're just ready to move them up. I had them. Um, I had them. Um, I I shown him Space Hulk, the twenty was it twenty fourteen yeah. edition or something, and just shown him, and it, his mind was blown. <laughs> There was I mean, these, that is that, that is naturally the next step from Mice and Mystic. Uh, you have to step up. I mean, it's like what's that? Darling, that is a Terranid. That's not a Terranid, that's a gene stealer. Am I not allowed to touch it? No, you're not allowed to touch it. Oh, look, there's a guy, there's a skeleton on a throne. Yes, there is a skeleton on the throne. But I was reminded of, a, of actually how thick the card is, the card stock is on the board game kind of components on it. It was ridiculous. But um, no, I've got two older kids, and the first game that they played, the first board game that they played was Pandemic. Um. You know, nice. Well, you know, you got turn. You know, let them learn about their own mortality <laughs> on a global scale. <laughs> on a global scale, you we should just think. retheme it as uh, as Candyland or something. Just something just like that. Something pandemic like that. Candyland. <laughs> well, I heard there was, like was little, little jelly cubes. Yeah, there was some. Yeah, and you can actually eat the jelly cubes and say, "Yeah, like, oh, well, he's he's just caught smallpox. Mmm, it's strawberry flavored. <laughs> yummy." <laughs> But there was that was there not that guy that took a game of scythe and and kind of adapted it with My Little Pony. Oh, I think I that's heard. Extreme. I need to look that up. I you know there was a, that's what he did, and you know that's, that's reskilling to a new level, isn't that, it? That is you know that's sticking a harness on it and giving it a carrot. That's what that is. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy no, he's I think his daughter was looking looking on the table and kind of went, "What's this, daddy?" and why can't I have a game? And I think he repurposed it using kind of like My Little Pony pieces and he's all over kind of uh, Reddit, which would be kind of good fun. That's the thing is there's, there's lots of kids' games, which are games designed specifically for kids. But then there's lots of games that I have played with my kids that aren't strictly, you wouldn't say, for kids. I mean, we've played... Codenames is a good one that we play all the time. Which is always yeah, good. team and co-op uh, lets you... Yeah. Just lets, gives you a lot of leeway to, you know, tune, handicap, or teamwork your way to a, a good time for the family. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, um, this has been a lot of fun, Tim. Um, I yeah. really, really pleased that you that you've come on. I mean, 
Um, if anyone, anyone that's listening tonight, if they want to find out where you, where they can find you on the interweb nets, where do you exist? Where can people find you? Uh, Fowers.games has made it pretty easy for them to yeah. find my games. And, and just, just so you know, uh-huh. for us Americans, uh, I think Tycho uh, said this, um, sc- the Scottish accent is like ice cream for your ears. We, we, just, <laughs> we just love it. We just, uh. So it's been a pleasure. No, it's okay. Chris will obviously be delighted with that. <laughs> yeah, it is. Unfortunately, I my my acting gets gets cast as the villains in lots of films, so it's kind of well, you've, undercut it slightly. You've got the voice. You've got the voice for it. Do you know what I mean? You could say you're, you know, um, you could do the voice. You know, it was a time of peace. It was you know, a time <laughs> of war. You know what I mean? Four friends got together to heist on a building. Narrative. Will they overcome security? You could do that whole thing. In fact, you could, you know, if uh, you know, if Tim's looking for a voiceover artist for the now boarding video, I'm sure that you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally available, Tim. I, I mean, I'll, I'll have to ensure that my throat is as badly damaged as it is now to ensure that that quality it's, is retained. It's yeah, method acting. It's part of the indeed in the zone. Scream into a pillow. <laughs> Richard's probably going to put this for a filter in post just for <laughs> polish things or just redub me entirely I'm just going to slow the whole thing down so it like <laughs> just put <laughs> James Earl Jones in there <laughs> this is CNN I just have him going at the end going no <laughs> um, you, do you exist on Twitter and Facebook? We can find you that way as well, can't we? I believe. Yeah, at, at T Fowers is my Twitter. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I have a Fowers Games on Facebook. Oh, cool. So okay. there's. Well, yeah, anyway. So kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I think it covers the bases. I technically yeah. have an Instagram, but I don't really do anything. So. I'm still not sure how Instagram works. I know there's photos, but I don't yeah. know what you do with it. Yeah. It's, I, I, I'm figuring it out. I kind of post up stuff and then people like it and then people follow me because I use hashtags like board games and then people like stuff and I have still have no idea what's going on you know um, Chris yes Richard thank, again for you thank you for coming on it's been a delight oh, my, my, you know. it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for coming on thank you um, Tim thank you so much again for Burger Brothers and for all the wonderful games you make and I'm I am waiting with bated breath for your next. Well, thank um, you, and and feel free. To, uh, feel free to you get a brilliant idea, send it my way. Oh, I, I will do indeed. Thank you very much. much. And um, you can find Chris on the on Staying In podcast, um, which is was it at Staying In Pod on Twitter, and correct, you're yes. on Staying In. Is it Staying In dot Podbean dot com? Uh, yes, that's correct. And yeah. you're also on. Are you on Facebook yet? I do not know. Yes. Oh, yes, we are on Facebook. Yes, we're on Facebook. We're on Mixcloud. We're on the whole shebang. Stitcher and, and well. Acast and YouTube. And you've also got your nice little selection on Board Game Geek as well. So what, we, what we're going to do is we're going to have a double section in the show notes. We shall have all of Tim's wonderful things. And then we shall have all of Chris's things. So we shall have no- show notes so that we have notes to show. 
In fact, actually, we actually talked about Burger Brothers in our very, very first episode. So there you go. Yeah, if you if you haven't checked out Staying In, um, imagine uh, imagine we're not wizards, but with more people in it and um, generally more polished and professional and fun and laughy. <laughs> it's just. It's a good. Well, unfortunately, less Scottish. Unfo- well, you know, we can, you know, I can always. Um, you could do the entire next show with Scottish accents because that would be interesting. If you <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we are up to, you just go to Google and if you search for "We Are Not Wizards," um, we are Twitter. We are not wizards. Facebook is "We Are Not Wizards." Instagram is "We Are Not Wizards." YouTube, you can find us if you search for "We Are Not Wizards" tabletop podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. If you search for "We Are Not Wizards," you will find us there. Um, if you have enjoyed what you've been hearing tonight, thank you very much for doing so. Um, if you like us very, very much, um, would you consider leaving a review? Now, as we say, don't give us a ten because that'll make us big-headed, and don't leave us a one because that will make us cry. Just leave us something in the middle, like a five, because that's average, and we are decidedly <laughs> average. Um, but the people that have not been average tonight, that have been wonderful, is first of all, the amazing, the fantastic Mr. Chris Darby from the Staying In podcast. Thank you, Chris, for coming on. Thank you again. And the rather just fantastic, fascinating gentleman that is Tim Fowers. So thank you, Tim, for coming on as well. Well, you're welcome. Um, Now, there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, gentlemen? Mm, Not really. I don't feel like a wizard with this voice. (laughs) This isn't isn't an Ian McKellen. It's close. Gandalf voice. You could do it. You could. I bet you could. Is it secret? That would. Is it secret? <laughs> I can't do it. Go on. Oh, I can't. You can. We're not wizards. We're just, I'm just not a wizard. No, you go. That's fantastic. And the second thing to do is to say goodbye. So it's goodbye from Mr. Chris Darby. Goodbye. It is a goodbye and a thousand thanks to the f- wonderful Mr. Tim Fowers. We will see you later. Brilliant. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. If you're sitting in the airport lounge round about the end of the summer, there's a possibility that very soon you'll be now boarding. But until the next... But until the I'm sticking with that. It's not getting cut. Um, but until the next time, <laughs> goodbye.